Coming up on this episode of Linux for Everyone, a discovery of the week that your face will appreciate. Plus, I am joined by Manjaro Project Lead Philip Mueller to discuss a new partnership with Tuxedo Computers and laptop power users. You're going to be very interested in this one. And then we'll close it all off with a brand new song from the source. Episode 23 starts right now. Hello, Linux lovers. This is Eric from DLN Extend. You're listening to Linux for Everyone here on the Destination Linux Network. Hi, here is Willem Paul, our Linux for Amal in Bloemfontein, South Africa. Welcome thuis. Hey everybody, Jason here. Welcome back to Linux for Everyone, and welcome to a brand new decade and a new year of podcasts and discovery and uh, all kinds of fun and excitement, I hope. Man, I really missed recording this show. It's good to be back on the microphone, and it's good to be back using Linux. And hey, thank you for being patient during the holiday break. Anyway, Lana and I got back from our 12, 13-day vacation in Nepal a few days ago, and man, what a what a wondrous place. It's it really is a different world over there. It is just brimming with culture and the streets are bustling with activity. Every few steps there is something new to see and something new to buy. <laughs> so much just so much beautiful nature and beautiful people. Uh wonderful food, wonderful experiences and and really indelible memories that we made there and I'm looking forward to going back someday. Lana actually did a stellar job documenting every day of our trip and uh she was taking just incredible photos and kind of giving the history of the locations that we visited and uh she captured it all with a hashtag on Twitter. So if you're at all curious about Nepal, Kathmandu, Pokhara, I would encourage you to check out Nepali Diaries on Twitter. I'll have a link that goes directly to all of those posts over on the show notes for this episode at Linux, the number four, everyone.com. Okay, so before you hear all about the Manjaro Linux laptop explosion from Philip, let's get into the discovery of the week. And the first tidbit is actually a follow-up to the discovery in episode 22, which was Tetris in Terminal. Developer and listener of the show The Fenris Wolf has actually made a snap of Tetris in Terminal so that uh, if it's not available in the repository of your preferred distribution, now you can just install it as a snap. And really, that's all there is to it. It works exactly the same way, but it's just a snap to install. (laughs) Oh, that was punny. No, it wasn't funny at all. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, the Fenris Wolf is looking for feedback. So if you want to install it and and try it out and give him some feedback, let him know if it's working for you. Let him know of any issues uh, or just let him know that you really appreciate the effort. The link to the Snap version of Tetris and Terminal will be available, of course, on the show notes for this episode. 
The highlight for this week is an app called Howdy, and this is actually a reference to Windows Hello. And so what this does is it offers you Windows Hello style facial recognition, and this actually integrates right into the central authentication system, which is known as PAM. So it works wherever you would need your password, right? Your login screen, your lock screen, sudo, etc. It is available and packaged for Debian and Ubuntu, Arch Linux, Fedora, and OpenSUSE. And uh, the developer does say, if you're interested in packaging Howdy for your own distribution, please open an issue on the GitHub page. I installed it and played with it just a bit on elementary OS, and I had mixed results. And I'm honestly not sure whether this comes down to my webcam hardware or the lighting in my environment or the software, but I was outside on the balcony in some sunshine when I first installed and configured it, and it takes your initial uh, facial model. It had no issue recognizing me out there whether that was at the login screen or giving the sudo command, etc. Now, it might not be as fast, maybe maybe a half a second slower than actually just typing in your password, depending on its length. But when I moved into my office, things kind of went south a little bit. At the login screen on elementary OS, it would I could see the camera switching on and trying to authenticate me, and nothing happened. And so I would type in the password, but the screen would lock. And that happened repeatedly, reboot after reboot. Uh, but there was still no com- no issues in the terminal when I was trying to authenticate with sudo. So there might be some bugs still, and that might be a distro-specific thing. It might be a hardware-related thing. I really don't know. I do like the concept. I do like the functionality. And I like how simple it is to install. Once you add the repository and click install, it's all automatic. It has to pull down a lot of different resources. It has to build some files, uh, but it's very, very painless in terms of installation. Now, I know that companies like Slimbook have uh, their own kind of facial recognition software, and I know that uh, companies like Dell are bringing in fingerprint authentication to the XPS 13 developer edition, but yeah, I just I like to have these options and I like that people are exploring them. So keep it in the back of your mind. It's called Howdy, and uh, there will of course be a link to the project's GitHub page in the show notes. And I am really curious about your experience with this. Let me know if it works well for you or if you've had some issues. You can get in touch with me in a variety of ways. The easiest is by just sending an email to linuxforeveryone at pm.me, and that's spelled out Linux. F-O-R, everyone, at pm.me. Or uh, you can find me on Twitter, Linux, the number four, everyone. Telegram, Linux, the number four, everyone. Facebook, Linux, the number four, everyone. I'm also on Mastodon, so there's a lot of places that you can uh, connect with me. And I'll try to do a better job of, of putting all of those links in one tidy place, because uh, that's something you guys are always asking me about. There are a lot of Linux laptops coming our way in the next few months. I am neck deep in reviewing the Kubuntu Focus, which is very similar to the System76 Oryx Pro in hardware spec, but it features a very heavily optimized version of Kubuntu that is made to just hum on this hardware. And that's coming from European-based 
uh, Linux hardware company Tuxedo Computers. So stay tuned uh, to this show and this YouTube channel and Forbes for some analysis of that machine. But there are a number of laptops coming for Manjaro fans. And the real beauty in these lies in the details. So I asked Manjaro project lead developer Philip Mueller to come onto the show and give us the complete rundown of what they've got planned and also just talk a little bit about Manjaro and the Linux community and all the ARM-based hardware that they've been supporting and uh, a few other things as well. So the interview runs for uh, roughly 30 minutes and I have to apologize for the audio quality I got struck down with the same problem that cropped up uh, when I interviewed Artyom Zorin of Zorin OS. I don't know what caused it, but I conducted the interview on Zoom, and Zoom was meant to be kind of the backup recording, and the primary recording is supposed to happen through OBS. But on OBS, for some reason that I, I'm not aware of, and maybe if you guys know the solution, you can uh, you can lend me a helping hand. That would rock. But what happened is on my end of the audio, when I was speaking, there was this ever so slight uh, latency where it, so it kind of made myself echo and it was really distracting. And I couldn't put that entire interview out with that because it was uh, really jarring to listen to. So I had to fall back to the Zoom recording and it's, uh, it's anyway, it's, it's not up to the quality that you're hearing now. So I just wanted to apologize for that. But hopefully you will still enjoy the content because we had a great discussion. So, no more delays. Let's get into it. Here is my chat with Manjaro Project Lead Developer, Philip Mueller. Thank you so much for for being on the show and and taking some time out to talk to us about everything that you guys have going on. It seems <laughs> like there's there's teases and announcements coming out of your uh, your social media accounts all mm. the time. The latest one was hardware related. Tell us a little tell us a little bit about what's going on with uh, Tuxedo Computers and Manjaro. Well, Tuxedo Computers, uh, we have to get it back in history. Um, we were on a trade show, so Helmut, uh, Bernhard, and me uh, went there, and at the hotel side, we saw the tuxedo car, and Helmut had the great idea, hey, we have these magnet stickers with the Manchao logo, and it might look better on them cars. So we plastered the cars with the magnets, and we waited, and then at some point, uh, some of tuxedo come to our booth and said, hey, were you the guys who plastered our cars with the stickers? And we said, <laughs> yes. How can we get them off? <laughs> well, they're magnets. You can simply uh, slip them off. Oh, <laughs> and that was the start. And then, hey, you have, you have hardware. It's really great. We also have hardware. And uh, that was the start to get the relationship. <laughs> what an interesting way to uh, introduce yourself to the company. And from then on, uh, we are planning to bring several laptops out. And we had uh, made some teasers at YouTube. And on Twitter, and the latest one would be a 15-inch laptop, which will be in silver and also in red. And it will be more for multimedia editing and uh, such stuff. So, 
I think we will ship uh, mid February now. So this is the uh, this is based on Tuxedo's Infinity Book Pro, right? Exactly the 15 inch. Yes. What are the key hardware specs on that that people might be interested in? Well, it has i7 or i5. Depends what you want. So if you want more hard disk space, you can use a bigger one. If you need more RAM, you can up to 64 gigabytes of RAM in that nice. machine. Um, you can put in M2 SSDs. Uh, it's a quad-core CPUs with eight threads, so you can also shred some compiling on it. Uh, and the terminal is uh, 15 watts, so it won't be so hot. So They actually boast some pretty incredible battery life on, on the Infinity Book Pro, don't they? Yeah, it's uh, up to 12 hours, so... At least eight hours normal uh, business day you get through with the laptop, yes. What I'm really curious about is, is this a case of Tuxedo just slapping Manjaro on the system before they ship it out? Or, or are you guys doing some optimizations and kind of some secret sauce in the, in the background? We will work with them closely. So when we do a hardware project uh, with them, uh, we will uh, tile it also the software to it. So Bernhard was working on the keyboard uh, driver so he can switch the, the lights there. And he even found the Manchao light. So we have some configurations and you can uh, program your keyboard in the light you like. And even there's a disco mode. If you want to be fancy on a, on a party, you can switch to a that disco mode. mode. Oh, then, so we're talking, yeah. about, we're talking about individual RGB keys. Yeah. Okay, that's slick. That is really slow. So you can can really fancy show off with uh, the laptop and the keyboard is lighting and you have a disco shell. That's really so cool. Such kind of keys and all the multimedia and meta keys and so on. We will check if everything is working, if suspended disk to RAM and so on works, and if we reach uh, the destined uh, battery life, of course. So we tweak uh, the software when the monitor is dimming and so on. So the user doesn't have to do anything, just uh, turn the machine on and have it as long-lasting as it could. Very cool. So, so Tuxedo is also doing a laptop called the Kubuntu Focus, which mm-hmm. uh, starts shipping in February. And that has some really nice branding on the hardware itself. It's clearly targeted at, at Kubuntu fans and KDE fans. Uh, yeah. The super key is actually the uh, Kubuntu logo. And then there's a nice kind of metal um, logo on the front of the lid. Are you guys doing anything like that? We would do the same. So on the super key, we have the Manchero logo on it. And nice. in the lid inside, you will see then Manchero uh, Infinity Book uh, branding. And on the lid outside, we have the Tuxedo Manchero joint logo. And since uh, Tuxedo has a special, then you can engrave the lid and the keyboard layouts, uh, they are open to almost everything. So if you want to have Klingon on your keyboard, you can have Klingon on there. So No way! Are you serious? Yeah, and if you want no to have Davok, you get also the Davok layout. So if you have some fancy keyboard layout and you have uh, the wish to have it, and at least two or four people want to have the same layout, then simply talk to me or to Vincent's and we will arrange that uh, the keyboard layout will be available. That's incredible. I think Elfish was also requested once, but it was Elfish. only... <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's, a great way, here's a great way to learn Klingon. We're going to ship you this laptop and it's going to have a Klingon keyboard layout. Good luck. 
exactly yeah it is really good to have this uh, this uh, free option to even uh, if you are a company you can brand your laptops uh, with your company branding so this is being uh produced in germany but is it going to be available to us canadian uh customers sure both of them though they have listed so if you go on the homepage, that lot of countries for sure it's more european countries uh, they target you might have to uh, pay the extra in, uh, import taxes mm-hmm. and the shipping might be higher but it's possible to to get the laptops if you like to do so so you mentioned one of these laptops is going to be coming in red and I know there are a lot of Team Red fans, as in A&D, who are really uh, dying to have some Ryzen Linux laptops available. Um, have you guys explored maybe shipping uh, something with the AMD Ryzen parts instead of Intel? Well, yes, we are currently in evaluating uh, which uh, models we want to use. So in the upcoming weeks, uh, we might even uh, get some of those for internal testing. Mm. And when we are certified and have uh, the drivers and stuff ready, um, we'll see when we can launch those. We will start with uh, the Intel devices first, as we already finished with those uh, optimizations. And Mm. as soon as we are working done with uh, AMD, they will be available as well. That's exciting stuff because we need, we need more Ryzen Linux laptops out there. So I think, uh, I think one of the reasons that people are looking forward to more AMD Ryzen laptops is Intel, I applaud them for their, uh, their open source nature when it comes to their hardware drivers, but they are in the news quite a bit when it comes to security. I wondered if you could speak a little bit about that, uh, kind of what Tuxedo is doing. If you have Intel and the Trusted Platform module, which is always in the news, or the security issues, or here is something uh, which is uh, vulnerable for Intel CPUs, it's it's always a hustle. And uh, Tuxedo has optimized the BIOS versions, so you can switch off the microphone, the camera, the TMP module, and so on. So everything is easily accessed by the user. And if you don't like this uh, trusted platform module, you can simply turn it off. And uh, there you go. And this you also see in the Pine phones with uh, 64. Uh, do uh, They also have hardware switches. You can also there turn off the microphone, the camera, and uh, even Wi-Fi and the data. All those uh, open source related companies think about those things. And Tuxedo even uh, searches for developers for Coreboot. And they try to get as most um, laptops over to be used by Coreboot as well. I really think that has to be the future when it comes to laptops of any kind. You know, uh, devices yeah. with screens of any kind. You're seeing it more and more. You know, the hardware kill switches are important. People are so concerned about privacy and there's so many stories of, you know, your phone listening in on you. I have some scary stories of my own. Yeah, I, so major kudos to any company out there who is putting that in the user's hands, putting privacy in the user's hands and, and giving them the tools to do that. So I, I don't want to get uh, Manjaro fans drooling and, and salivating too much, but you told me before we hit record that you're also working on what you called an XPS 13 killer. 
Well, it's uh, of course uh, still uh, intergeneration 10th generation based. We will have it in 14 inch in matte display. And about the screen, you can uh, height angle it to 180 degrees. So it will be sit flat on the desk if you like to do so. We will work on a long uh, battery hours life with a design. And uh, yes, it will be ultralight. So we will think about when we manage it, it will be around 1.2 kilograms and uh, a lot of RAM we can add to it. We will see how fast we get that out as well, but we were super excited. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, 1.2 kilograms is about the same weight as the Pinebook Pro. And that is a, a really beautiful looking chassis, especially especially for the price. But this one, you can throw up to 24 gigs uh, of memory in there for a total of 32 because eight gigabytes is soldered on up to two M.2 SATA SSDs. Really uh, great battery life, apparently. Looks like it has more than just a couple USB-C ports, which is nice. I'm really excited as soon as we have it in our hands and optimize it with Mancharo. It will rock. Now, one of the things that impresses me about Manjaro is it seems to be always available for ARM-based devices. You know, you see it announced uh, when the Pinebook Pro comes out. You see it for various other ARM devices. How do you guys stay on top of that, I guess, that, that level of development? And, you know, what does it take to have a, a smooth experience with Manjaro on these ARM devices? Well, coming from uh, our philosophy, like enjoy the simplicity, we try to uh, get as much out of the hands of the user to customize and install uh, our distributions. It should be, if you install it right there in the right place, in the right theming and easy to use. So you don't have to think about what is running behind the curtain or behind which engine is uh, is running. So it's simply runs and runs and runs and you enjoy uh, the experience. And uh, this philosophy we try to put also on the hardware devices and we try to get in touch with every manufacturer to get an early device where we can work with. Mm -hmm. So we have the hardware on site and every developer can tweak and uh, get the best bits out of his software part, if it's the kernel or if it's uh, the UI. And uh, this way we can achieve this uh, user end experience you will see when you install one of our ISOs. I would imagine then that you guys seem to have some great support from the Pine64 people, right? Yes, we're, we're talking directly with them and we even meet with them at FOSTEM. So this will be end of uh, January, beginning of February where we will uh, talk a little more what uh, upcoming devices they might have and how we can uh, tune and optimize Pine for more. And uh, we will do a lot of uh, stuff with Pinebook Pro lately. Uh, as we have new members, we are actually doing the kernel for us. So we have our own drivers or tinkering with existing drivers, optimizing them. And the last uh, change we did, we have almost a pure U-boot for the PinePhone and for the PineBook. So most of the proprietary stuff is now out of the equation. That's fantastic. To replace it with open source. So with all the work you're doing optimizing Manjaro for ARM, 
it really makes me wonder about these Windows devices that have been announced and are starting to come out, these two-in-one laptops, for example, uh, that Microsoft is releasing. One of them is the Surface Pro X, which is an ARM-based laptop with a lot of uh, undeniably, you know, proprietary drivers required and very interesting form factors. With the work you're doing on Manjaro ARM, is it is it possible to someday see uh, the ability to install Manjaro on a device like this that is kind of specifically built for Windows? It always depends if you have a great team. And I think uh, Microsoft itself gets more open source uh, by the days uh, they spend on open source uh, softwares itself. It might work at some point. Uh, when we do uh, hardware development, we have to have uh, such a device to tinker with it. Why not? Uh, but I don't think we will put as much energy in that as we do with uh, the Pine 64 devices. Yeah, that and that makes sense because it's uh, it, it it must require a lot of resources and time to uh, you know kind of reverse engineer something to work rather than uh, proactively working with a company who wants to support what you're doing on their hardware. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you look at the Pine 64 community, it's like uh, you have several competitors. Uh, f- doing the same device, but we are not competitors. We are people who have the same goal and we contribute to each other. So if we have from Mancharo a kernel patch, then you might see it in uh, PostMarket OS uh, some days later. Or if PostMarket OS has something, then you see it in uh, the Cardi Neon image and so on. So behind the curtain, everybody is working together and outside uh, every community tries to get the best experience on their platform. But if you see closer, it's the same kernel, it's the same base settings. So in the end, you Mm -hmm. have one baseline, which is uh, the root FS. And based on that, everybody places their UI on top of it. If it's GNOME, if it's Ubuntu Touch, or if it's uh, Plasma Mobile, everything is there. And if you go from the distribution point of view, you point also the extra package management or the extra feeling teaming on top of it to have uh, those things. And Pine64 also has some special deals if you do a special edition. So we will do also a special edition of the PinePhone Manjaro branded. We will get uh, some money of that sales uh, also for the community. So... So wait, a that's a system. that's a thing. I haven't I haven't heard about this. I'm not paying close attention to all the developments surrounding that, but yeah. you're saying there's going to be a, a Manjaro branded edition of the Pine Phone? Yes, and there will be one of Ubuntu Touch and so on. So every community oh, will have sweet. at some point some special editions. And uh, if you buy a Pine Phone special edition, some of that uh, selling amount will go directly to the each community who has worked on that phone to exist. This is news to me. I don't know if it's news to you guys out there, but that's uh, that's really excellent to hear. I totally blow you away. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that that smaller companies like Pine64 and like Tuxedo Computers are really catering to uh, the dedicated Linux community. Now, I don't want to disparage Dell's uh, Project Sputnik because I really appreciate what they're doing. And I think they're making a big impact when it comes to spreading Linux to a potential mainstream audience. I think they're doing a fantastic job of that. 
But when I when I buy an XPS 13 developer edition and it still has a Windows key on there, I get a little bit bummed out. And so it's really, it's great to see this extra attention to detail and, um, you know, thought that goes into making someone really feel like they're buying a piece of hardware that was made for the distribution or made for the company that they really like. And that's why we are always happy to have such partners like Pine64 or Tuxedo to work with and even achieve those things. Because if you have Mancharo, it's a world-known brand and you're not able to ship to Canada or the States, even if you have a lot of people that are using Mancharo, it might be a bummer, but we are happy that we can achieve with those partners. All right. Now, I don't want to start any kind of flame war here, but <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot for a second and, and ask you, why should people consider switching to Manjaro today? It's, uh, you can have full control of your operating system. You can decide when you want to update. So lately I heard that Microsoft has automatic updates and people cry about that. We will have uh, several update managers. We have PAMAC, which is our around package management system. You can use it in the console. You can use it with the UI. It is able to uh, build your AUR packages in an easy way. You can edit uh, the package build scripts within Pac-Man or you can work with uh, the new package manager Bao, which is more like uh, in the direction snaps and flat packs and app images. So you have a lot of choice to get software mm. in Mancharo yeah. and uh, you will find them in one place. You can search for it. Lately, uh, if you're coming from Mac or you're coming from uh, Windows in the new GNOME edition, we have, we have some layout switcher where you can simplify the look of the GNOME shell and it can be displayed like in Windows or like Macintosh or uh, like the vanilla GNOME or how we will do it in uh, Manjaro. It gives you that desktop paradigm that you're already used to. It is not like Windows or like Mac. You have to re rearrange a little bit how you install software, how you uh, work with drivers. But with uh, our Manjaro hardware detection uh, tool, we will try to automatically detect your hardware. If you have a dual graphics system, we will see if Prime will work. So you have the Intel graphics card for the normal display. And if you do a game, it automatically switch to your NVIDIA drivers. Well, I, uh, I reviewed Manjaro. It might have been, been eight or nine months ago now. I was doing a, a series of reports on Linux gaming and looking at kind of some of the, the top distributions. Mm -hmm. And Manjaro actually came out on top, in my opinion, in terms of just ease of use and getting up and running with things like Wine and Proton and proprietary NVIDIA drivers. It really nailed it. And that was almost a year ago. So <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to testing out Manjaro 19 and seeing what improvements you guys have, uh, have added to the, brought to the table. We always, we always had the problem with the NVIDIA drivers. Uh, Soon as a new driver was there, the community cried, hey, we need the, the new drivers. And then as I put out the new drivers, some of the community had issues with it because they use it for uh, CUDA rendering. So mm -hmm. in the last edition, we have said, as we do it similar with the kernels, we have several kernels. You can install parallel. Now you can choose which uh, NVIDIA driver line you want to use. So we have all the common drivers 
if it's the 44, which is the, the latest, or the 43.5, you can simply choose which driver is supported by your hardware and you can try it out and switch in that series and have the best experience. And lately, we optimized the prime support, so it's more or less out of the box now. When it comes to actually switching between NVIDIA and Intel, I've noticed on some distributions with my hardware, you can actually go into NVIDIA X server settings and toggle it from NVIDIA to Intel and reboot or just log out. But the NVIDIA driver, if you pull up PowerTop, NVIDIA is still powered on. And there's no, you know, there's, there's no uh, indication that that's happening unless you really dig into something like PowerTop and discover that. So um, I always applaud uh, distributions who are putting a little extra work into those, uh, that prime functionality. Well, if I were to ask you, snaps or flat pack, what would be your answer? <laughs> <laughs> a question I get asked a lot is, what is the better platform for me to use? If I see uh, something like OBS Studio available on both uh, the Snap Store and as a flat pack, now I'm not asking you to play favorites, but what, are, what would you say in your experience are some of the advantages and disadvantages to using each one? It always depends if you have OBS and uh, a new OBS version has a new feature you want to try out, but you need a stable version of OBS for a daily work. Then you can use, for example, Snaps. Snaps has several branches like we have also in Manjaro. And uh, you can go to the experience one and get a newer version and have it parallel. So you have several ah. instances of UBS and you can try out if the new right. effect is working and then you can seamlessly switch over. If you use uh, the OBS, which is in our Manjaro repository by the package manager, you might always get the latest. And in flat packs, you also have a similar way. You can choose, okay, several apps in parallel. App images might also work because an app image is like a confinement of Squashfs file, which is like a bigger package, which has all the, the libraries in it. And it's like you have this one version of that and you can keep that version as long as you want. It depends on the use case. So every package system even if it's a package management or a snaps or a flat pack will work out depending on what you do as a user. And if you need to have to keep that one version of the specific uh, software, then use one of uh, flat pack or snaps cause then you have the base system, the libraries and the codex over there. And you can even explore with the newer versions only risking your workflow. Okay, so I think the takeaway is is it depends on you. Exactly. It's, <laughs> there's no 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 bad thing about those. <laughs> sure, uh, right. snaps and flat packs might need more space on your disk, but I think uh, space issues are no less common than it was before. Well, hey, before you take off, I wanted to see if uh, if you'd be able to give us a bit of a progress report on the news that happened late last year with uh, Manjaro becoming an official company. And, and partnering up with Blue Systems as uh, an advisor and a, and a financial backer. Because I know that, if I'm not mistaken, that allowed you to take on a full-time position as exactly. Manjaro Project Lead Developer, right? And yeah. you guys had a lot of goals in terms of um, fundraising and donations and how to allocate those donations. So I was just wondering, in the, in the last few months since that was made public, 
if there's been any any milestones or anything that you wanted to share well yes uh, working full time is is great so you can concentrate more on the projects uh, the donations we managed to go to community bridge and open collectives so they are now our new physical hosts sure some people are still donating to my private accounts but uh, i will find a way to transfer also the big chunk we have uh, collected in the past but uh, the tax authorities have to look it through, so it has to wait a little bit more. But currently we use uh, that money which I have in my bank accounts for paying for uh, the trade shows or uh, mm -hmm. like FOSTEM. So many of our colleagues from the community and developers will join there. So we will be like eight peoples in Brussels end of this month. And we will join there with Pine64 and the Blue System guys to mingle and have even more closer relationship with them. Having a full-time position and you only concentrate to bring your project forward, it's always better not uh, just do the day-to-day -day job and before and after spending like two or four hours additional to what you do and uh, gives you more freedom to explore and go out there, find new partners thinking the similar way as you do. But I think with uh, the current partners, we already have a good baseline to get Linux out there more professionally. So uh, tell me this, if, if someone wants to get involved with Manjaro, someone from the community wants to help out, um, what are you most in need of right now and how can they do that? We are open. So even that we are a company, everybody can join and help out. You can uh, go to our forums. You can go to a wiki. If he is an artist, he can do some white papers or graphical stuff like themes. So you don't have to be a developer at all. You can even do podcasts or promote stuff, uh, go to trade shows and say, hey, this is Linux. This is open source. Helping uh Switches from Windows uh, joining uh, the ecosystem of Linux is also good. And even if they ask the same questions over and over again, don't uh, shout at them and say, read the, the manual or something like that. Thank uh, you open. for saying that. Thank you for yeah. saying that. That's, um, that's a stigma that I, I think we need to really escape from. But if you're open to newcomers, then uh, the Linux community might work because if you have some toxic uh, environment, uh, people get scared anywhere. So even if you go in a supermarket or in a restaurant and if the waiter is uh, not friendly to you, you mm -hmm. only go once in that restaurant and uh, never come back. It's really refreshing to see you promoting yeah. that kind of attitude because, um, you know, these questions that come up repeatedly from, from Windows users or from new Linux users, they come up repeatedly for a reason. And yes, the answers are out there. And sure, you can maybe Google for the answer or, or read the manual or something, but people are asking us because they value our answer, right? They value our experience and our opinion. So honestly, keep answering those same questions over and over because they're coming to they're coming to you for a reason. They're not going to Google. They're coming to you mm. and and you're, you know, you're you're influencing what people think about the Linux community at large and um so yes, I I completely agree with you there. And if the questions are always coming and they're always the same, maybe we didn't put the answers in the right places so they can find it. So if we Good have point. a wiki 
and uh, this is wiki is dedicated to beginners or how you can start Linux. And if we say, okay, this is the answer and here is the wiki link to the most common questions you might have, then you answer the questions, but give them also a document or a tool he can look. And if he has five more questions he would have asked, but see the answer right away, he won't ask those questions. Well, Philip, it's been a pleasure talking to you about all this stuff. Uh, is there anything you want to pimp out or, or share before we say goodbye? Well, if you have Linux or something new to explore, find your time and explore it and enjoy. And if you need uh, an advice, ask for it. And most likely people are out there to help you out. If you want to know what is behind the curtain and how uh, stuff works, uh, it's always good to tinker with open source as well. And uh, if you even do a normal day-to-day -day job, a lot of companies relate on open source now. And if you have an opportunity to get a certificate for Linux or whatever, or yeah. some of your bosses ask you, hey, there's this new thing, Linux, uh, is it good for our company? Then be the first and say, yes, I want to tinker with that and uh, explore it. And it might be give you a job like I have now as a CEO of a Linux-related company and almost uh, other techies dream of to do. So Yeah, indeed. You never know what, uh, what doors will open for you when you try something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well said. And be well open-minded and uh, try to jump in that unknown space. to point out something about my conversation with Philip that some people might not pick up on. I gave him several opportunities to do some shameless self-promotion to, for example, I said, uh, you know, I don't want to start a flame war, right? But, but why should people switch to Manjaro today? And in my head, I was asking him, what makes Manjaro better than other Linux distributions? Or what advantages does Manjaro have over other Linux distributions? But he used that opportunity not to take shots at other Linux distros and projects, but to explain the advantages it had over Windows and Mac and how it was different and how it might um, benefit a user more. I gave him another chance at the end of the interview to plug something, pimp something out, do some shameless self-promotion again. And what does he do? He turns around and, and starts advocating for Linux in general and encouraging people to be open-minded and challenge those, those unexplored spaces. And, you know, I mean, what a, what a humble person. Very, very well played, Mr. Mueller. Very well played. Okay, everybody, before I get out of here and uh, close the show with another song from The Source... I wanted to tell you about a brand new podcast that's coming to the Destination Linux Network. It is called Hardware Addicts. So if you've got that hardware lust like I always do, and you like tinkering with your hardware, and you like learning stuff about what makes your hardware tick, and you just want to stay on the bleeding edge, uh, I think you're going to really dig this show. Episode one should be out this week. So by the time you're hearing this, probably just a matter of one or two days, you'll find it over at destinationlinux.network. And while you're over there, if you haven't done this yet, click on the forum link. 
This is uh, pretty much our discourse community forum for the entire Destination Linux network. There are subtopics like privacy and hardware help and just a lot of fun general discussion, a really cool community. And I, I like being there once in a while because it's easier to track a lot of conversations, you know? I love our Telegram community so much, but things fly by and sometimes topics don't get addressed because they just get lost in the mix. So if you've got, you know, a question or a tip or just want to meet some really cool people who, you know, share the same passions and and likes that you do, check it out. discourse.destinationlinux.network. This episode's song from the source comes from listener Gus, who has a band called Billy Cheese Steak. That's Billy Cheese Steak. You can find him on Spotify. He's released a couple singles there. He tells me that he's used Ardour to record these tracks and uh, some open source plugins to mix them and an open source virtual instrument for the organ on one of the singles. I asked Gus to maybe share uh, the band's website or some social media links, but he said the Spotify link will be good enough. So it kind of sounds like he's just having some fun with this. And this really is, this is not a professionally produced track, but the more I listened to it, the more it started to kind of seep in. And I just, it's lighthearted and it's fun. So here is Na 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 Baby by Billy Cheesesteak. Thanks a ton for listening. And until we speak again, take care and take care of each other. to my heart And it's na-na-na my Vesuvian Readings are off the chart She's my na-na-na baby Na-na-na quite a shock She's my na-na-na baby Na-na-na igneous rock Back to the song She's my na-na-na baby